Bulletproof Radio, a state of high performance. You are going to love today's episode. It's with a very good friend and one of the guys who's done the most to change the world and to change my life uh, that I that I know of. You'll learn what goes into creating a massive transformational purpose for yourself and just thinking 10 times bigger than you have. So you want to listen through to the end and you're also going to find an amazing scholarship when you listen through to the end. So I look forward to uh, to what you think about this. Just leave a review or let me know whether this is the kind of show that you like. It's one of my favorite types to record. You're listening to Bulletproof Radio with Dave Asprey. Today's cool fact of the day is that I don't have a cool fact of the day ready, but I'm pretty sure that today's guest does. Hey, Dave. Uh, my cool fact of the day is that I think it's about 78.2% of people make up stats on the spot. <laughs> nice. If you don't recognize that voice, that is none other than Peter Diamandis, founder and executive chairman of the XPRIZE Foundation, one of the world's 50 greatest leaders, named by Fortune Magazine, co-founder of Human Longevity, Inc., and founder of two companies in the commercial space, a molecular geneticist, an aerospace engineer, and an MD from Harvard Medical School. So, so if you guys uh, didn't hear the previous episode with Peter Diamandis, it's worth listening to. Peter is one of the most inspiring guys I know, someone who's really upped my level of thinking about what I do in the world. Uh, he runs a group called uh, Abundance360 uh, that has really, really just helped shape a lot of, of the, the way I think about how how big I can go. If you see my Facebook postings about like, oh, I, I wasn't thinking big enough, it's usually because I, I hadn't spent enough time with Peter. Uh, so uh, Peter, is, is, he's quoted on the back of, of my books. He, he's endorsed them. And just one of the, the guys who literally brought private space flight back by creating the XPRIZE. So like, I, I don't know anyone more inspiring. And I asked him to come on Bulletproof Radio today to talk about how he thinks because he spoke at the Bulletproof Conference this year and the feedback was amazing from the audience where he shared uh, how he thinks about, about just doing stuff this big. So, so and Peter, welcome to the show. That was an, an interesting made up fact at the beginning of the day, but, but you and I both know because, well, you're a doctor and, and, and an engineer at the same time, a lot of the science that we've relied on for a while, especially in the medical side, uh, is some of these studies are not reproducible. So the 78.2% of stuff is made up, but you've, you see something published, maybe funded by um, people with a, a specific interest, and all of a sudden you go to reproduce it and it's not reproducible. What's your take on that? Uh, that you get what you incentivize. And unfortunately, sometimes people are incentivized to uh, stray from the truth uh, because of whatever motivates them financially, where the case might be. But the flip side of that is we're also entering a period of time where uh, there's a massive amount of data being collected and data being created, and we can create much more data-driven science. And we now have layers of AI and machine learning, which makes data crunching that much faster. Uh, and I think we're heading towards a period of the citizen scientists being able to do extraordinary things. It's definitely easier now to do stuff that was almost unimaginable. I go back you know, 20 years ago at, at the foundations as we we're building the first e-commerce on the planet. 
And I would have quoted for a company like Bulletproof, I would have quoted one to two million dollars a month for web hosting services and infrastructure design and all that. I, I used to write deals like that all day long. And I think we spend $1,200 a month on our web hosting, if even that. <laughs> like yeah. The costs have come down to run a company at scale, uh, not to mention that we're able to do live video and record, even though you're in Southern California and I'm on Vancouver Island. And so this is magic. Quality. Absolutely it, magic. It, it's incredible. Now, one of the things that you taught me to do in your program, and I, I have to just give a shout out to Joe Polish from Genius Network and to JJ Virgin. Uh, JJ said, Dave, you have to go to, to Joe's event and I did, and Joe sat me next to you, and I'm like, oh my God, Peter's an alien, I gotta hang out with this guy. <laughs> uh, and we became fast friends, and then I, I came to your event. So, so it's, you know, people help you to meet the people you wanna meet, but you, you taught me uh, to just, like, how do you think 10 times bigger uh, than you did before? Uh, and you talk about these MTPs, or about these moonshots, and because what you said at the Bulletproof Conference was so transformative for people, I'm hoping everyone listening to this episode picks up on that same kind of energy and, and just like maybe up levels their thoughts about their place in the world. Like literally that big of a goal. That's a small goal for you, but for you know the rest of us, that's a pretty big goal for one episode. What is an MTP? What is a moonshot? And how did you get into this stuff? Sure. So uh, let's start with, with an MTP. The term is massively transformative purpose. And it's the notion that uh, you have to ask yourself, someone who wants to go bigger in their life, who wants to do more, who's not satisfied with what you have, and some people can be, right? I'm a family man. I love my kids, my family. That's where I get my enjoyment. And that's fantastic. There's no reason to not be happy with that. But if you if you desire to go bigger, if you're upset or excited, if there's some emotional energy, the question is, what is your massively transformative purpose? What is the purpose you wake up with in the morning and say, this is why I'm alive? And you go to bed at night and saying, I'm so excited about tomorrow to go and make this difference on the planet. And when you have that kind of emotional connection, it's an emotional energy, it will drive you and allow you to go bigger and bolder than any place else. And you know, so I, I talk to people, I talk to companies, Fortune 500 CEOs that I've spent time with, or entrepreneurs who are part of Abundance Digital or part of Singularity University. And I ask, do you have an MTP? Do you know what's driving you? Do you know what's your shining star? Because if you don't have a target you're shooting for, then every opportunity looks equally the same. But when you know what you're shooting for, then you can choose to ignore some and double down on others. And when you've got that MTP, you're able to go um, 10 times bigger. And I talk about a moonshot as, as going 10 times bigger in your life in some area versus 10% bigger. When you're going 10 times bigger versus 10%, it's 100 times the value proposition. It's never 100 times more difficult, but it's 100 times more worth it. And when you're trying to do something big and bold like a moonshot, and you know, I'd love to talk about our moonshots. Mine include mining asteroids, extending the human lifespan, solving many of the humanity's grand challenges. Why? Because we can and because it's fun. But this stuff is all hard. It's all impossible until you make it happen. And, and making it happen is being fueled by this internal emotional energy that will drive you at three o'clock in the morning when everyone else is saying giving up. And if you're doing something because your mom and dad told you, 
because your boss told you, <laughs> because your teacher told you, you're never going to have the emotional energy to push through the difficult time. So that's an MTP and, and roughly a moonshot. So you've got some moonshots there, and I've got uh, four of them that I'm, I'm working on as well. I want to go back, though, because you're brilliant. Uh, and I mean, your educational things, just I, I know you personally, and I would you just the best conversations. You're very kind. Um, but how did you learn this? See, most people don't come into the world with knowing what you just said. So you got this somewhere or you built this got, somewhere. So, How did you do that? So I was born in the 60s. I was born uh, at the tail end of Apollo during the Apollo program. In 1966 as well, Star Trek came online. I didn't watch it when it first came out, but I watched it shortly thereafter. And at the end of the day, Apollo showed us what we were capable uh, capable of doing as a human race right now. You know, oh my God, we're actually landing on the moon. How cool is that? And clearly in 10 years, we'll be on Mars. And 10 years after that, we'll, you know, I'll have my shot at going into space. And Star Trek showed us what the, where the human race was going. And this, this one-two punch was an extraordinary accelerant for me um, and gave me that, gave me my first MTP, my first massively transformative purpose, which was I'm on this planet to help make the human race a multiplanetary species. That's what I wake up with every morning. It's, you know, what I see, hear, feel, and know that the purpose of my life, you know, is to inspire and guide the transformation of humanity on and off the earth. And that's phraseology from uh, from Date with Destiny at, at Tony, or our mutual friend, Tony Robbins. I believe that, and I, I drive that. And when the Apollo program died, and a lot of the ethos and and efforts to go to space died with it. And then came the shuttle program, which was mediocre at best. And then it's materialized. I still had that MTP. And then I, I ended up creating my own moonshots out of absolute passion and frustration, right? Again, it's, I ask people when you're searching for your moonshot, what is emotionally driving you? So I had the emotional energy of the excitement of going to space and the frustration that NASA had failed to deliver that none of the stuff had materialized. And damn it, uh, if I need to, I'm going to make this happen on my own for myself and for others. And so the terminology of moonshots really came into existence uh, through my relationship with Larry Page, who was the CEO of Google, now the CEO of Alphabet, uh, and the work that he did with Sebastian Thrun and Astro Teller and Google X, which was their moonshot factory. And they repopularized the concept of moonshots and defined it as some place where you're going 10 times bigger. And interestingly enough, it's really important to realize, you know, you can't get a moonshot by just working harder. You can't just like work a little bit harder to get to 10 times bigger. You can get 10% bigger by working Fridays and Saturdays, but 10 times bigger means reinventing what you do. Right, so Google reinvented search from what Yahoo was doing or AltaVista was doing, and reinvented it. Amazon reinvented a lot. So did Tesla. So did SpaceX. And these are moonshots because they start with a clean sheet of paper and reimagine what's possible ten times bigger. And it's crazy, you know, compared to the traditional industry. And I'll just say one more thing, which is I like to say that the day before something is truly a breakthrough. It's a crazy idea, <laughs> right? I, it, I, yeah. I saw a paper yesterday that was just publicized uh, and it was mathematicians proving that extending human lifespan and beating aging, beating aging is impossible, right? And, and it was like, 
the the worst paper I'd ever seen. Like like math is not good at that. And the reason it was impossible is they made seven thousand assumptions without proving any of them and said based on these assumptions that's impossible. And I'm like, great, that's a sign that we're probably about to to double our <laughs> lifespan because when people say it's impossible, just like no one's ever going to fly, no one's ever going to build you know, the atomic bomb or nuclear power, and just all these things which were consistently proven false, but only after all the science trolls had their day. Um, I know that when you started the X Prize, the idea of private space exploration was just kind of considered to be crazy pants. And I know this because uh, my uncle who's, who passed away about 10 years ago was named one of the 20 most influential private investors in space travel before you started the XPRIZE. And my <laughs> uncle was, he was crazy. He was a tech entrepreneur who made enough money to like buy an airport in Las Cruces and like start tinkering in his lab, but you know, didn't have anywhere near the impact you did uh, on, on doing this. But, but people routinely were like, oh, good God, you know, you're brilliant, but what the heck? Like, like no. But, but somehow you went out there and you had a spark or a passion and you laid out this challenge, but you actually said you were going to, you were going to offer this $10 million. You didn't have $10 million to offer yeah. when you started the XPRIZE. Tell me about that. Yeah, so it's a story that I, I guess either proves my insanity or inspires, <laughs> um, and it's up to, up to you. But uh, so uh, the idea of the XPRIZE, you have to understand, so in the 70s, 80s, 90s, I am frustrated about going to space. I actually go to MIT. I get a six-pack of degrees in molecular genetics and aerospace engineering. I go get my medical degree, uh, all in part to sort of bolster my resume to eventually become an astronaut. Yeah. And then I give up on the government getting me there. Uh, a dear friend of mine, Greg Marinak, gives me a copy of Charles Lindbergh's autobiography called The Spirit of St. Louis. And I'm reading Lindbergh's biography, and I had no idea that this man actually flew from New York to Paris, not on a whim, but to win a $25,000 prize. And it was called the Ortega Prize, offered by this guy, Raymond Ortega, who offered 25,000 bucks. Nine teams enter this competition and spend $400,000, 16 times the prize money, to try and win this guy's $25,000 prize. Now, Lindbergh's one of those nine teams, but he is by far in the newspapers, in the, on the, you know, the radio back then, uh, by far the underdog. He is... Uh, He's called the flying fool. He'd only been flying for two years. No one would sell him an airplane or an engine because they were so fearful that he would crash and give their products a bad name. But he he raises the money from the city of St. Louis. He names his airplane uh, after the group that funded him, calling it the Spirit of St. Louis. And Lindbergh makes the flight extremely successful. And and within you know uh, a couple years of his flight, aviation explodes in becoming so possible, so exciting. So I said, I think that's my, that's my game. I'm going to create a prize for private space flight. I'm going to incentivize people like your uncle and, and many others to go and build private spaceships that could take me and my friends into space. The rules were simple. Build a private spaceship, no government funding, carry three people up to 100 kilometers, land safely, and within two weeks with the same ship, make the flight again. You do that, you win 10 million bucks. I announced this on the Arch of St. Louis uh, under the Arch of St. Louis with uh, with Buzz Aldrin there, 20 astronauts, the Lindbergh family, Burt Rutan, the head of NASA, the associate administrator of the, uh, of the FAA, and uh, global coverage, except I didn't have $10 million to announce the prize. 
Small detail. I actually spent all the money I had raised throwing this press conference. And I'm like, burn the ships, dude. Because uh, I really figured who wouldn't want to fund the, you know, you pay the $10 million after it's been won. So it's like zero risk. And so I went out at that point and started talking to CEOs and pitched CEO after CEO and company after company. And it was like, why isn't NASA doing this? Can anyone really pull it off? And then the bummer was, isn't someone going to die trying? And uh-huh. it was this incredible fear and lack of adventure and just this this inability to uh, to dream and a risk aversion that shut it down. And long story short, uh, I finally found the Ansari family. Again, you know, large companies don't take risk. Typically, individuals privately take risk. And the Ansari family, Anusha Hamid and Amir Ansari, amazing entrepreneurs, had built their companies, a series of, of, of telecommunication companies. Their third one uh, called Telecom Technology sold for a billion four to Sonus Networks. They funded the prize. Uh, they actually funded a hole-in-one insurance policy I had taken out. That's another story. But it was, um, we had 26 teams from seven countries, spent $100 million going after the $10 million prize. Burt Rutan, backed by Paul Allen, won the prize. And then on the heels of that, Virgin Galactic licensed the winning technology. We get Jeff Bezos, who I've known for 30 years, uh, kicking off Blue Origin. We have uh, Elon Musk with SpaceX. And, you know, it's a dawn of private space flight and just an amazing time to be dreaming about space independent of a government uh, funding cycle. Well, something interesting you brought up there, uh, because I was there for the 10th anniversary of the Ansari X Prize, I got to meet Anoush Ansari and, and chat with her. Uh, and I met Bert Rutan and all. And there's an incredible desire from a lot of the very successful billionaire entrepreneurs I've met and people who are almost billionaires where they're going, well, I'm, I'm feeling blessed. I'm feeling grateful. Uh, I don't want to lose all that I've earned, but I'm absolutely willing to spend a few million dollars because it won't change my life one bit, but it could do a lot of good. And, and you've been remarkably effective in, in connecting with people like that. I think because you're thinking so big and I, I don't think that, that, you get that excited about you know donating a million dollars to a charity that's going to you know spend spend it and then come back and ask for more without changing the world. And so, if if you were to look at portfolio allocation, if you have essentially almost unlimited wealth, like like just like a lot of people are putting a little bit of money into Bitcoin, <laughs> but it's just a little bit. But in terms of portfolio allocation, you could look at the prize sort of thing as is the the Bitcoin with extremely high returns possible, but it might not work. It, it seems like that was missing. That that little bit of risk was missing from the the giving back from some of the, the wealthiest families I've ever uh, run across. Is that so part I, of what made it happen? I think so. I mean, there's a couple of things. Number one, there's a, a huge amount of dreaming uh, and there is a co-coincidence between uh, space geeks and tech geeks, right? A lot oh, yeah. of people who were in the, you know, I mean, the people who were back the X Prize are, uh, you know, Larry Page and Sergey Brin and uh, Eric Schmidt and Elon Musk and a lot of tech uh, uh, tech gazillionaires, and um, I'm proud to have them on my board as my backers. Um, but then a lot of these people, it's interesting, right? Uh, when you think about who's investing heavily in space right now, it's a lot of individuals who got inspired by Apollo and, Star, and Apollo Star Trek, uh, uh, the shuttle program, uh, and that never paid off. And then 
uh, you know, I'm not in that financial category yet. I hope a few exits will get me there eventually. But at the end of the day, they've had enough money where they can say, I'm tired of waiting for the governments to do it. I'm going to do it myself. Right. I'm, uh, my first organization ever was a group called SED, Students for Exploration and Development of Space. And SEDS became a national and international college space organization. I was running it uh, nationally out of MIT, where I was an undergrad. And Jeff Bezos was the uh, Princeton chapter president at the time, which was very cool. So I knew him back then. When I met him, when he started Amazon, I said, what are you doing? He goes, you know, I'm going to make enough money on Amazon where I can go and invest it in space. You know, an easy one-two plan, make billions on this and then go and spend in space. And that's exactly what he's doing right now. But it this is a meme. There's also the guy, um, Sky, was this guy Chilton, started a major hotel chain because he wanted enough money to go to space. And and so there's, it seems like there's some some people from our generation. I mean, I, I used to work at 3Com when Eric was CEO. Uh, and when Larry and, and Sergey were two guys in a the server, they went to Exodus Communications, where I was a co-founder of the consulting group. Uh, we, held, we held their very first servers when Google were getting going. But there's a bunch of guys there who actually started tech companies as a, a stepping stone to going to space. And I, I think that's missing from the narrative, but like, <laughs> I, I, I mean, are there other examples? Are these just outliers? But these are just guys I can think oh, yeah. of off the so, back of my I mean, head. I mean, Elon started, uh, you know, X.com that became PayPal that right. he sold and he took his $140 million and invested a hundred of it into SpaceX, barely made it. You know, it was just on their on their fourth attempt of the Falcon One that it succeeded, and then their you know SpaceX and Tesla and Solar City are all heading you know, rapidly towards the ground, and then NASA gave them a uh, commercial crew contract, and that turned things around. And in two thousand eight, they got a funding for Tesla from the government. But you know, the story is untold about Elon and I, and what you know makes me believe he deserves everything he's received is he bet everything on his moonshots. But, <laughs> yes. you know, his two moonshots have been space slash Mars and and electrifying the world, going to an electric economy. And he's made massive dents in both. But I know him and and he's driven by that MTP, right? It's a massively transformative purpose. It sort of drives him. And he's bet everything on his moonshots. The guy is also friggin' smart and uh, and driven to work 80, 90 hours per week and but has pulled that off. And so you see this consistently. Paul Allen investing very heavily in space. Um, Richard Branson investing very heavily in space uh, and just getting a billion dollars of Saudi money to fund all of the space activities that he's doing. So I think we're about to see, for those of you who are fellow space enthusiasts, we're about to see this massive emergence into space. My own company, Planetary Resources, which I co-founded with Eric Anderson and Chris Lewicki, you know, uh, we've identified these near-Earth asteroids, which we're going to go uh, to explore and prospect, and we're going to be extracting liquid oxygen, rocket fuel, from them because every major space launch company is dependent upon refueling in space at this point. And these rocks are trillion-dollar assets. So, listen, it may all be insane, and it probably is, but, you know, it's also the opportunity for trillion-dollar economies in space. When I did the the 10th anniversary XPRIZE event with you, we met someone at JPL whose job it was to keep asteroids from hitting the Earth. And there's like three or four people who are like, let's avoid an extinction event before we become a multi-planetary species, which in and of itself yeah. is a major moonshot. Uh, I, I wish the guy had more funding than he does. 
and, and things like that. Do you see all of this stuff uh, happening, but without, uh, without trashing the planet on the way? <laughs> I'm not particularly worried about you dragging an asteroid into orbit and dropping it on the planet, because I think you know what you're doing. But it, it seems like there's some big environmental or other risks like this that maybe aren't being addressed by some of these moonshots. So, I mean, uh, to to parse the, the yeah, question. Yeah, two, two questions parts. in there, sorry. <laughs> uh, so uh, the first is, um, yeah, our uh, the business model of taking an asteroid and dropping it for ransom on a particular city is, is something we uh, we. We didn't. We decided not to go down that business route. There's some, um, some cities but, might deserve it, though. I just. <laughs> but we actually, by the way, when we mine an asteroid, uh, we don't ever move it. In fact, we don't actually touch it. We just actually, we actually cause the water vapor to sublimate, uh, or from ice to water vapor, and capture the the water vapor, move that to Earth orbit in the form of ice. Um, the asteroid stays in in orbit around the sun, a heliocentric orbit, and it's. No issue. In fact, the benefit we get is that we're going to be uh, really understanding how to map and interact with with asteroids much better. So there's a secondary benefit to humanity. Uh, this sort of uh, there's no environmental issues that take place. These asteroids are there are some 60 million known asteroids. 16,000 of those are in near Earth asteroid uh, near Earth orbits. About a thousand are large enough to be even of interest to us, and we've identified the top six that we're targeting to go to the Manhattan Islands, if you would. Uh, I think a lot of moonshots and a lot of the conversation. So you know, I focus on abundance thinking, yeah. and abundance. I, I focus on with the entrepreneurs that I mentor and support at, at Abundance Three Hundred and Sixty, like yourself, and in Abundance Digital. Um, my goal is creating a mindset that is an exponential mindset and an abundance mindset. And one of the things that I would talk about is that an abundance mindset is a realization that few things are actually scarce mm -hmm. and that you can turn things from scarcity into abundance by the appropriate use of technology. So we have historically gone from energy, what was very scarce, like whale oil, right, by slaughtering whales. And then we went to oil uh, and natural gas, petroleum economy, and technology allowed us to drill 5,000 meters down and 5,000 meters over, and oil became more and more abundant. We started fracking, and it made more and more energy available. But the reality is that the largest gains in energy are going to come when we kill petroleum the same way we killed whale oil. Yep. Kill is a bad term. We shut down the petroleum <laughs> industry the same way we shut down the whale industry by getting something much cheaper, much better, which is going to be solar. We're heading towards, in my opinion, a majority or fully solar or renewable economy. There's 8,000 times more energy that hits the surface of the earth in a day than we consume as a species in a day. And if you look at the, you know, the technologies, um, last year we had 25% of the world's energy was from renewables. Um, and we had in 30 plus countries, renewables were cheaper than petroleum for uh, energy. Uh, we're down at 2.1 cents a kilowatt hour out of Dubai. The sunniest countries in the world are the poorest countries in the world. Interesting, you know, uh, co-positioning. Uh, co and, uh, and then battery technologies are actually uh, nearing three times uh, the progression than the best optimist thought. 
So we're really heading very well towards a electric economy. Autonomous electric cars are going to slay the gasoline industry. Uh, You see country after country, company after auto company after auto company saying no more internal combustion cars, no more for sale, no more for production. A lot of change is coming very quickly, which, and so the moonshots for a lot of people is how do we make this cheaper, more environmentally responsible and more available to people? Um, it, it, what you just said there is, is why I love hanging out with you. And I wanted, <laughs> I wanted listeners to hear that too. So you hear all this doom and gloom stuff, but 25% of the energy is already renewable. And what... Uh, what I do, it's every January at, at the, the 360 event that you put on, it, it's uh, several hundred CEO types sitting down, looking at what's really going on, the speed of change. And, and I, I am 100% in your camp, and I hope everyone listening to this is that like there's never been a better time to be alive because you can change things faster and, and with less effort than in all of history. And, and it's so easy to just fall into this, you know, watching politics on the news which doesn't do anything for anyone and, and just sort of get into this you know, woe is me mindset. And can, I'm can not I, there. Can I, <laughs> yeah. can I jump on that yeah. and do, a, do, my, do my favorite riff on the news here? One uh-huh. second, because um, because for, I love Bulletproof. Uh, you know, I, I tell people I'm blessed because I live two, two blocks away from <laughs> Santa Monica, Bulletproof and Bulletproof Labs. And so, in the, and just the mindset of uh, the Bulletproof community is just awesome. And oh, I, I really want I really want to share um, that, you know, we live during a day and age that is trying in some ways. And part of the difficulty is that we live in a time where the news media is a drug pusher and negative news is their drug. And their challenge is that on every device we have, our, our cell phones, our tablets, our TVs, our radios, our newspapers, we're being fed negative news 10 to 1 over positive news. Now, I'm not saying that the negative news isn't true, but there's a reason that we get 10 times more negative news and positive news. It's our brain, and you talk a lot about the brain. We evolved on the savannas of Africa hundreds of thousands, millions of years ago. Back then, if you missed a piece of negative news, like some rustling leaves is a lion and not the wind, your genes were out of the gene pool. So we, we evolved an ancient piece of our temporal lobe called the amygdala, which scans everything you see and everything you hear first. And if it sees something dangerous, it puts you on red alert. So we pay so much more attention uh, to negative news. And the news media's business is to deliver your eyeballs and my eyeballs to their advertisers. And so if we pay 10 times more attention to negative news, guess what? They're going to put a lot more negative news on the front paper, on the second page, on the third page. Well, it's- There's no one... I like to say there's there's no one standing outside LAX every morning saying you know on the on the on the on CNN which I call the crisis news network there's no one saying there's no airplane crash here today right it's not news when nothing doesn't happen it's only news when it does and it's funny because yes there's ten times more negative news and we're between three and ten times more sensitive we remember it so it's actually three to ten times ten times more news so we're literally getting three hundred to a thousand times more of this than our bodies are, are meant for. And <clears throat> when I, I read Abundance or Bold, your last two books, uh, about this mindset and just spend time with people like you or Naveen Jain, who I met through you, who's, uh, I'm an advisor to Viome. Um, he's, he's an investor in Bulletproof and one of my advisors. And, and like, like, like people who have that abundance mindset, 
it, it completely destroys the negative stuff. And anytime you see the negative stuff, you're like, you just turn it off or it just it doesn't land anymore. And, yeah. and I want people listening to Bulletproof Radio to absorb that from this interview and, and just realize <laughs> how fast things are changing and how good it is and maybe form their own moonshot. And I, we're, we're actually recording two back-to-back. This is like part one um, of this interview. And so we're going to get a chance to talk about uh, some of these moonshots. And I think you'd mentioned some of yours before. Human longevity it is one yep. of the things. Like, all right. Uh, and we're in 100% alignment on that one. I, when I announced I was going to live to at least 180, um, it, it actually pissed a bunch of people off to my amusement. Uh, and then I was there with Aubrey de Grey and Peter Thiel and another guy from Harvard in, I think it was it was one of the, the major men's magazines, sort of saying, here's the strategies and maybe they're all nuts, but like, like I'm willing to die trying. Like, I was gonna die anyway if I didn't try. Like, <laughs> it, it, it seems reasonable. And you're out there spending millions of dollars, you know, building companies to do this, uh, and and so that's one of yours. Where like, I, I, all right, you know, sign me up, and I, I've done the HLI uh, testing. Uh, so that's one. And the other one is is uh, mining for asteroids. Um, what are the other planet, ones? You're planetary about? planetary resources, which is uh, yeah, going out for to create the resource economy in space. Okay. Uh, to fuel those companies, and then uh, the third uh, the third category. Is uh, is really the work I do with the X Prize Foundation, with Abundance Digital, with A360. It's incentivizing entrepreneurs who I think are the most powerful force in the universe to take on and solve problems. The biggest dent I can make, the biggest leverage I can get, is incentivizing entrepreneurs to go and and create, find their MTP and create moonshots like. Naveen, who you mentioned, and thank you for the kind words you said about incentivizing you. So if I can incentivize entrepreneurs to find their massively transformative purpose, get their moonshots and support them in creating moonshots, what I realized years ago was that the world's biggest problems are the world's biggest business opportunities. Want to become a billionaire, help a billion people. And so the more people finding problems and solving problems, the better the world gets. It's this, this positive feedback loop, which makes me realize that we're, that we're living in the best time ever and the world is getting better despite all the naysayers, right? If you look at the actual numbers, this is from Steven Pinker at Harvard, we're living historically during the most peaceful time ever in human history. Hard to believe watching the crisis news network or the constantly negative news network, <laughs> whatever you want to call CNN, but those are the numbers. Uh, we're living longer than ever, ever before. We're, we're more... Um, more people are getting vaccinated. We've got more longevity. We're, all of these things are happening at an increasing rate of prevalence. More people out of extreme poverty. And at the end of the day, more access to energy, food, healthcare, education than any time ever in human history for every single person on the planet. So my moonshots, you know, in the, is extending the healthy human lifespan. I set my target when I was in medical school. I don't want to play games, but I set my ridiculous target at 700 years because I heard that was the age of the longest living yeah. sea creature. And I said, if they can, why can't I? It's either a hardware, software problem. Let's, let's solve it. <laughs> um, so anyway, uh, but, but helping on, you know, inspiring entrepreneurs to say, go bigger, go better, go, go after it. You can, you, there is no, there is no limitation to any of us here today on knowledge, right? We all have access to Google or if you're in China, Baidu, ubiquitous access to all the knowledge in the world. Oh my God, right? 
And then you want computational power, Amazon Web, you know, AWS, Amazon Web Services, massive amount of computational power, more than the President of the United States had 20 years ago. You can spin it up. Uh, You want access to capital, (laughs) more capital than any before, anytime before, and seed, angel, venture, crowdfunding, even sovereign wealth funds are starting to come in and enter and invest in, in, in entrepreneurs. So more capital. So I think ultimately it's the passionate, committed mind that says, that's a problem I'm going to solve. That's what I stand for. I'm going to build a business to make that better. That's the world I'm trying to incentivize and create. So Peter, I didn't ask ahead of time, but uh, at the Bulletproof Conference, we did a, a scholarship for the, the digital version. Can I do that on, on the podcast too? The, uh, sure. If you, if you like, pal, it's, right. it's, uh, it's completely up to you. So, I would, I'd be honored. One of the, one of the things that, that Peter, that you've been working on um, is, I think this, I've been, this will be my fourth year going to Abundance 360. And this is a, a very expensive uh, program where you know, you're in a room and you get to meet Craig Venter and, and you know, some of the, the, the most powerful decision makers in technology. And it's not something that, that, that most people listening to this are going to, to go to. Uh, and if you're in a position to do that and you can get in because there's not very many spots available, like it, it's kind of exclusive. Um, but if you can get in, great, you should do it. But you just launched a digital version of that. And to get people to sign up, like there's a, an, an incentive program. But what I offered to do was to refund whatever incentive I would get. So if you're listening to this, and you're like, I want to I learn from Peter's brain. I want to I know this stuff and just get that. Um, I don't even know where to send people. <laughs> Do you know the URL? Well, uh, yeah, and it's we'll we'll we'll, uh, we'll it in include there. it we'll, we'll include it in in this um, okay. in this version okay. either at the bottom of this page or whatever. But uh, just to tell people what it is, yeah. so uh, if I, if I may, because I'm passionate about sure. this, I I I part of my moonshot is to enable your moonshot, and it allows me to scale. Right, uh, yeah. everybody wants to to do the best they can in the world, and I'm. I'm driven by this 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 passion. So, um, Abundance 360, which is 360 CEOs, and it sells out a year in advance. But this year in, uh, in January, uh, we're going to have an amazing group. I've got uh, Astro Teller, who runs Moonshots for Google. Right, he's the head of X. He's going to be spending the day with us. I've got uh, three of the top longevity companies on the planet. Uh, showing what they're up to. And I've got, uh, basically, we're going to be doing a deep dive in artificial intelligence and brain-computer interface and nanotechnology. And then we're going to be talking about the future of education. We're going to, you know, Tony Robbins is going to be joining us to talk about the impact and the future of work. And it's really three days, in my mind, of here's the stuff that's going to change your life this year. We're doing a deep dive on blockchain and cryptocurrency. Nice. And and I think everybody needs to start understanding this is, if anybody remembers the first time they used the web and the first time they sent email and like, oh, this is going to be interesting. That's where we are with blockchain, I, right? Um, I, I made- you're, you're always ahead of the curve, Peter. Like I, I go there alone. At, at, at A360 three years ago, by the way, I brought, I brought Bitcoin ATMs and told everybody, please buy this. I'm, I'm telling you, I'm selling my gold and buying Bitcoin. The price of Bitcoin back then was, I think, uh, 180 bucks, um, and it's uh, it's 6,000 bucks now. So, uh, hopefully, some of the folks in the room bought Bitcoin. I, but I think um, they did. And I, I just joined a, a, a as an advisor and investor a, a Bitcoin hedge fund called Walden Bridge. 
And you know that that's in large part because I've been following crypto for a while, and and you were a big a big push to get me to really pay attention to adding something like that into my portfolio, and and so um, it's one of my portfolio companies now. And like that, good on, good on you, pal. Uh, so abundance digital. So a three sixty is we capped it at three hundred sixty. It sells out a year in advance. It's some people saying, how do I get in? I can't afford what's going to be. You now it's fifteen thousand bucks. Can't afford fifteen thousand bucks. So. Um, we ended up creating a digital version of this called Abundance Digital. And it's a year long, it's not, so it's a year long community. So when you join Abundance Digital, uh, it's a community of individuals who are focused on changing the world, finding their MTP, creating their moonshots, supporting each other. I, I spend time every single day on that community. I'm uh, in the community providing feedback to members. I do uh, three or four live hours per month with the community. Uh, you get to watch all three days of the A360 conference live with special content backstage. And it's meant for me to be the community. And there's a whole video curriculum about 160 videos you have access to that I've recorded. And for me, it's about helping entrepreneurs play the bigger game. But there's one other thing, which is a lot of people want to play the bigger game. But they live in some place or they're in a home or in a group of people who keep them down. Yeah. Right. Uh, and it's the it's the, you know, someone says, oh, that's a stupid idea. Oh, who are you to say you can you can do that? Or, you know, unless you've got a community of people who enable you to aspire and inspire, uh, you're never going to go for that moonshot. You'll keep being knocked down. So the most important part of Abundance Digital is a community of people who are exponentially minded and abundance minded, who are be there to help you shape your ideas, help you think about crazy ideas. And the mantra and the values we have is there is no crazy idea. And that helps someone shape their MTPs, help them shape their moonshots. And hopefully people start companies, find co-founders and go big and bold as a result of being part of this. All right. I figured out the URL from the conference. It was it was bulletproofabundance.com, but it says it's expired. If you'll wake that that thing back up for us. I will. All right. Here, All right. Bulletproof, uh, bulletproof.abundance.com. No, just bulletproofabundance.com, just, just that one year okay. old. And here's, a, here's okay. the deal. Every Bulletproof entrepreneur who was at the Bulletproof conference, we had like about 2,500 people this year, is, has, I think, signed up for this. There's a huge number of Bulletproof people there. And I, I want to inspire people the way you do, Peter, and I, I do in Thank my you. own way with Bulletproof. But there's, there's another level of just like, like get out there and do something uh, that, that is, I, I'll do that for get out there and do something for your biology. But once you turn your biology on and you have this untapped energy that, that comes from your mitochondria that you can turn on, you're going to want to do something with it. <laughs> and like, like do something good with it. And, and that's why I, I'm, I'm just a fan. And that's why Thank you, th this code, it's there. It, it's uh, essentially I'm, I'm funding a scholarship for people who listen yeah, to the radio it's, show. It's a, it's a very meaningful it's, discount, whatever it is. Yeah, it's a, the program is $1,500 per year. And uh, what, what Dave did was uh, give a 50% discount on that. So uh, fifty percent scholarship, I should say, on that. So it's seven fifty instead of fifteen hundred bucks. And that's basically coming out of my pocket because honestly, I want my kids to grow up in a world where everyone <laughs> acts like you do. <laughs> like that's Thank you, that's what we want, uh, and that's what I want. So that it's a it, it's a meaningful thing, and I have no financial incentive for doing this other than I want I want to live in this world. Um, Thank you, Pat. and uh, um, 
on on that note, like this, this I'm not interviewing you to to sell that. That's an offer for listeners that I, I think is is as generous as I know how to make it, and it's it's just worthwhile. And and we talked about your, your three big moonshots. We talked about how you got there, uh, and in the next episode of this, uh, which so this is part one, part two, which we're going to put up on uh, on iTunes right after right after this, it'll come up in about probably two or three days after you hear this, unless you're listening to the back catalog, in which case it'll already be available. Uh, we're going to talk in more specifics about your moonshots, uh, about the moonshots that I'm working on as well, and, and how your work has influenced those and more about how people listening can, can access their own, even if they don't do uh, the, uh, the program we just talked about, the Abundance Digital program, even if they, they just want to sit down and just up their game. I'm going to ask you for some very specific pieces yeah. of advice there. And, and I do, and I'd love, to, I'd love to do that to help figure out. Uh, I have some tricks in helping you figure okay. out what's your massively transformative purpose and then starts there. But I want to hear more about your moonshots in our next episode. All right, well, they, they came about, I wrote these down during <laughs> during your program, sitting in that room, uh, just being inspired by the, the community around me and, and by you and the people you put on the stage. And it, it really changed it really changed several of the things I'm working on. So we'll, we'll go through that uh, because, well, I, I don't know anything more important than taking people who've already got the energy that comes from uh, just having their mitochondria working uh, and then redirecting the energy into creating amazing stuff instead of sort of wallowing in whatever stories we're telling ourselves. So, all right, we're going to record the next episode shortly. And Peter, thanks as always uh, for all of your work. I'm, I'm truly grateful. And Dave, thank you, pal. Great to have you as a friend and a co-conspirator and uh, and my mentor in the in the realm of, uh, of health and bullet bulletproofing myself. Beautiful. All right, if you like this episode, you know what to do. Head on over to bulletproofabundance.com and consider uh, taking advantage of the scholarship and just up-leveling what you think about every single month and, and your set of knowledge. Or head on over to iTunes and leave a review for this episode if it, if it was inspiring or read a copy of Bold or Abundance, Peter's two books that will also, if you read those, you cannot think the world's a crappy place if you read those books. So just just take this opportunity to think about what are you going to do with all this new energy you've got. I'll see you on the next episode. The Human Upgrade, formerly Bulletproof Radio, was created and is hosted by Dave Asprey. The information contained in this podcast is provided for informational purposes only and is not intended for the purposes of diagnosing, treating, curing, or preventing any disease. Before using any products referenced on the podcast, consult with your healthcare provider, carefully read all labels, and heed all directions and cautions that accompany the products. Information found or received through the podcast should not be used in place of a consultation or advice from a healthcare provider. If you suspect you have a medical problem or should you have any healthcare questions, please promptly call or see your healthcare provider. This podcast, including Dave Asprey and the producers, disclaim responsibility for any possible adverse effects from the use of information contained herein. Opinions of guests are their own, and this podcast does not endorse or accept responsibility for statements made by guests. This podcast does not make any representations or warranties about guest qualifications or credibility. This podcast may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products or services. Individuals on this podcast may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to herein. This podcast is owned by Bulletproof Media.